This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of First Down Dynasty. As always, I am Bill Nye, the Dynasty Guy, with Eric Kravitz. And Kravit, this is another week where we do our rankings right here on the Sports Ethos Network. Make sure to catch us on our social media. Uh, Kravit, my memory is a little rusty today. I had a long day. What is our new? Uh, listen, that's Twitter why account? I'm here. I'm the social media guy. I'm, I'm the I'm, I'm the person to pick up the pieces where they are dropped. You can follow us on Twitter two places at FDD underscore ethos, and of course, on BNK Radio. Uh, Threads is dead, so we're not there anymore. And you were right about that. You were right about, oh, oh, I hate, yeah, I said we were on Twitter. It's going to be Twitter until the end of time. I refuse (laughs) to call it X. I I refuse to call it X. One, Meta owns the trademark for a social media capacity. So that already is done and dumb and they've owned it since 2003 it wasn't like a pre-strike because they knew that's what twitter was going to do they've owned the trademark before twitter was even a thing and secondly you want to know what calling something x reminds me of x force no it reminds X-Men. me of, it reminds me of edgy 13 year old girls putting x's before and after their screen names so they sound really cool and edgy Mm. like xx cutie pie 45 xx that's exactly what this reminds me of what about project x no did you see that movie probably not anyway i mean the the the, pe- the good people of the uh sports ethos audience don't know this but i don't watch movies <laughs> you however have been I'm my best friend <laughs> since before the turn of the decade and i'm talking about 2010s how dare you suggest that i might have seen a movie well you know goddamn well i haven't <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you you happen to surprise us. And, you know, with that, you know, we're getting into quarterback rankings today. And Kravit, I don't think you're going to surprise us because I think the general consensus with quarterbacks is fairly straightforward, especially at the top. We have tier one quarterbacks. Number one starts and ends with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes might be, and I say might be, the greatest quarterback of all time. And continue. I mean, we had him in a 32 team dynasty league and we were forced to trade him because we were ill prepared for a league of that size and didn't really know how to manage a roster properly in a team that in a a league that big. I take blame for this, actually. It's okay. Because in a 32, I was trying to take a more balanced approach. You wanted to trade everybody and I held you back and I'm sorry. It's okay. I've sort of taken full front on that. And since then, we've amassed 12 first round draft picks and we are in a position to draft both Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. So you're welcome from me to you. That being said, um, uh, I Thank got you Patrick five, Mahomes as well. Yeah, I got five first round draft picks and two Otongo Vailoa for Patrick Mahomes. And I still feel like it wasn't enough. You do not underestimate Patrick Mahomes on any level. And I wasn't saying he could be the greatest of all time to be a troll or to put a dumb headline on some Z-list blog. Patrick Mahomes could very well, when it's all said and done, be the best football player to have ever lived. Truly. And I don't think anybody at this stage in the game at least has not considered that. I mean, you look at his numbers, he's going to blow away at this point 
most offensive statistics or at least get right up there probably faster than just about everybody with, you know, Breeze and Manning, Rodgers and Brady. And, you know, as far as the team success, he already has two Super Bowls. Do I think he needs to pass Brady? No, I don't. I think that the combination of Belichick and Brady was insane. I think that, you know, you may never see a full-on dynasty like that. Now, the Chiefs are coming pretty close right now. If they get this combination of Mahomes and Andy Reid, if they get another two with the rest of the statistical numbers that he's going to put up, I really don't think the seven over the four is going to make much of a difference. But even so, two Super Bowls already, and the numbers he's going to put up, he's a first bout Hall of Famer. And the only question is just how long until we start the Jordan-LeBron debate with Mahomes and Brady? Because it's coming. The only question is how early does it start? I mean, some people are already having that conversation. I'm not yet. It's too early. But, but some people are. My second quarterback, Will, is not Josh Allen. My second quarterback is Jalen Hurts. Now, I just before you get into the details, I have him down at number four for me. <laughs> ooh, 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 we're coming in hot. Well, I'll, I'll please tell, give me your reasons first, and then I will give you a counter. Okay. So, so Jalen Hurts, incredible year last year. 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns in the air, another 13 on the ground, and ran for 760 yards. He was the third best quarterback on the year behind Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and Josh Allen, who is my number three, by the way. I'm not sitting here discounting Josh Allen in any way, shape, or form. I just prefer Jalen Hurts because of his entire surroundings, who he's got around him. A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, fight me on this, are the best wide receiver duo in the league. I think they're better than... Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I think they're better than Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. I think they're better than Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And I think they're going to be that good moving into the future. And again, Dynasty, you got to do it. And on top of that, he runs and he runs insanely effectively. And now they put the uh, DeAndre Swift into that backfield along with Rashad Penny, along with Kenny Gainwell, and whenever they play the Giants, Boston Scott is there too. Jalen Hurts has the potential to be the number one scoring quarterback in fantasy football. I'm not saying he will, and I'm not sitting here saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes because he is not. But from a fantasy football perspective, if you give me the choice between Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, who I'm assuming is your number two in Josh Allen, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts every step of the way over Josh. I completely understand. And the points I feel like that potential hurt hurts a little bit also do hurt Allen. And that's while the running quarterbacks do have a lot more point potential, especially in the early seasons of their careers. One, I think that season was so ridiculous. Until I see it again, I have to almost treat it as an albatross, where not that he's necessarily going to have a bad season. But is he going to have that season again? I don't know just yet. But the one thing I would like to see another year is the throwing skills, because that's going to keep him up here. The running quarterbacks will have, you know, a few years where the running numbers are absolutely insane, and then they start to drop off a little bit. 
And I included Josh Allen in this because Josh Allen, unlike Hertz, to some extent, unlike Lamar or Justin Fields that are lower on this list, Josh Allen is more like Cam Newton, almost has, I'm bigger than you and I have a disregard for my own safety and health as I'm running. And I feel like the team would be doing itself a disservice if they didn't try to control him. But on the positive side, Josh Allen does have the arm to compensate. So I have Hurts a little bit lower because I worry that his running may diminish and I don't know just yet if the consistency with the arm is there. So he's only four. I obviously recognize the talent. And I put him behind Josh Allen at my number three, which is Joe Burrow. I could see that. He's my four. So we're we're in the same ballpark. We might even be mm-hmm. in the same parking lot at that ballpark here, at least when it comes to our top four. Talk to me about Joe Burrow. Obviously, we know he's hurt right now uh, with the calf injury. Should be ready for week one. Uh, already had an ACL injury, so hopefully he's gotten that out of the way. No more of that. But ultimately, Joe Burrow also reminds me, not quite Mahomes, but he he has a little bit of, you know, a Brady, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a stature to him. But with him and those two wide receivers, we've already seen he's capable of having monster games without any running in his game. Obviously, I got knocked out of the playoffs, I think, two years ago against the team that had both him and Jamar Chase. And they put up nearly 100 points between the two of them that week. So he's very much capable of having consistent three, four, five touchdown games. And Burrow can absolutely sling it. And the fact that he's a little bit older, but that's consistent. That does not change week in and week out. The same way Brady for years was able to do that. I love the consistency. And he's not reliant on the run and still puts up the gaudy numbers. That's why I have him at three. Okay, I have him at number four for similar reasons. I do like the rushing upside of Josh Allen a little bit more than the total package that Joe Burrow provides, which is why I have Josh Allen at three. And as long as Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are tied to Joe Burrow, um, we're going to be here with him for a while. He's got a lot of poise, a lot of swagger, and he comes up big when it matters. You can't put a lot of the playoff losses against him. He's been in the league two years. He has two AFC championships. Well, I'm, I'm going to say two years. He's been in the league three years. He's only played in two because he got hurt his rookie year. So I'm not going to count that. You can count it if you want. You can. It counts towards his years of service in the league. So that's fine. He's still only 26 years old. So he has plenty of time ahead of him regardless. Also, Mahomes is only 27, which is just mind numbing. It's unreal. Joe Burrow, I think it leads that next tier of quarterback at least in my opinion. At number five, a lot of people have guys like Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. I don't. I am a real big Justin Herbert guy. I have him all over the place. I like Trevor Lawrence a little bit more than I like Justin Herbert, and he slots in at number five for me. I concur. Oh, really? I do. Oh, I mean, that sucks because it doesn't make for good banter back and forth. But all right, I'm I'm glad that I'm not alone in this. Well, I have him and Justin Herbert five, six. It's really kind of a toss up. But I think you've seen, you know, a bigger jump Lawrence year one to year two than Herbert really did. Herbert came out of the came out right away and was good. But I haven't really seen a jump from him about getting better. But I've seen a jump in Lawrence that I haven't seen in Herbert. And if Lawrence takes another jump going into year three, he can very well vault himself into that Joe Burrow territory. Hmm. 
Hmm, well, interesting on that one. Um, I do like the supporting cast for Trevor Lawrence a little bit better than I like the supporting cast for Justin Herbert in LA. I'm not going to sit here and say that at this moment, Travis Etienne is better than Austin Eckler because I'm not stupid. I will say the tandem of Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Evan Engram are better than what Justin Herbert has with Keenan Allen, who's aging, who might be out of the league in a couple of years. Mike Williams, who can't stay healthy. You have Quinton Johnson, the rookie they just drafted this year. And I think the flavor of the week at tight end right now. Gerald Everett. There you go. So there's a lot to like on both teams right now. And something that Justin Herbert has going for him is the addition of Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. And we saw how well oiled the Dallas offense looked when he was the offensive coordinator there. When Dak was healthy, very important. When Dak was not healthy, he came back last year. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in all of football. So you got to keep that in mind also. But if Justin Herbert can continue to stay healthy, and last year he was playing with a little cracked rib issue. So if it looks like we have moved past that. I don't know, but it looks like we might have. Justin Herbert can easily finish higher than Trevor Lawrence on this list. But as of right now, with the way I'm looking at it, with everything that's going on in the world of football, I, I, I'm even going to include divisions in this because the AFC West is a monster of a division. The AFC South, not so much a monster. It might be like a monster from Monsters, Inc. where they make the kids laugh instead of make them cry. That's the kind of monster the AFC South is. It's nothing. Yeah, well, right now, Jim Irsay in that division is making everyone both laugh and cry. Yeah, so listen, Trevor Lawrence has a much easier path to ascend to the next tier than Justin Herbert does. And I do think that he belongs ahead of Justin Herbert on tier lists and in rankings. And pretty much after that, we have basically, this goes from like tier two in my book down to tier three. But my next five quarterbacks in order are Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson, and Dak Prescott. I don't know if I can rank Anthony Richardson in my top 10 yet. It's, it's hard. He's obviously the first rookie I have in this class, just from what reportedly he can do with his legs. And apparently, you know, he's his arm is actually more impressive to people than his legs right now. I have to put him that high as an unknown just based on the reports I'm hearing. But I say that this stretch because all running quarterbacks, Dak, not as much anymore, but all very capable running quarterbacks all have some throwing question marks to Sean the least amount. But Deshaun obviously has had issues. We don't know exactly what he's going to get. He's in where he's slotted at number nine on just pure talent history. See, last year, I mean, again, he was coming back from a suspension. He was coming back. He, had, he hadn't played football for two years. Mm-hmm. So I kind of give him a pass, but he couldn't get any elevation on the ball. I'm not going to sit here and say I watched every snap of every Cleveland Browns game because while I hate myself, I don't hate myself enough to do that. And every highlight that we saw, everything we saw in red zone, everything that we saw throughout the rest of the year, he was throwing balls into the dirt more often than he was getting them past the line of scrimmage. So I know we have an entire offseason, an entire training camp to fix that. And I, I guess for the sake of the Cleveland Browns, I hope he does. Because I don't want to sit here and pretend that I'm rooting for uh, Deshaun Watson because I'm not. I'm not rooting for Deshaun Watson in the slightest. But I am a fan of football, and what's best for football is best for me. I do have Deshaun Watson at number nine as well. 
I have Justin Fields at number seven over Lamar Jackson, just because he's a little bit younger. He got an upgraded complement of weapons around him now with DJ Moore becoming a true wide receiver one team, a, a thing that the Bears have been sorely lacking for quite some time. Who was their last true wide receiver? I don't even think Allen Robinson was. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey would be the guy well, in my in my memory of like well, a true number yeah. one, well, and he baby, couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, baby Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall, a hell of a wide receiver tandem in Chicago. That, if ever there was one, it was not like six years. Jesus, um, that was no, 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 no. That that was like 2013. That was ten years. It was ago. a lot longer ago. Okay, yeah, but yeah, you know, like that's how long it's been. So DJ right. Moore has the opportunity to be that guy for Justin Fields, and behind him he has Khalil Herbert. He has Roshan Johnson, who might be hurt now, and he has Dante Foreman. So he is that team's ipso facto running back one as well. So teams are going to have to respect that, stack the box maybe with seven or eight bodies, and that's going to spread out the wide receivers and Cole Komet, who got paid this offseason. Good for you, Cole Komet. I think some people, not a lot of people, but some people are writing off Justin Fields when they shouldn't. Oh, definitely not writing him off. Obviously, I have him eighth. Him and Lamar are actually in very similar situations. Lamar has the pedigree, has the, you know, done it over multiple years. The problem with Lamar and the questions about Fields is how can they do as far as passing because it's been mostly running over the last few years. And Fields definitely upgrade. You know, you probably hope Kinmet takes even that next step and you have a true number one kind of allows the other guys in that receiving group to kind of, you know, settle in. A little bit better. But Lamar gets a healthy Rashad Bateman back. I'll be not right now. Has a new toy in Zay Flowers that is reportedly extremely explosive all over the field. And reportedly, Odell Beckham Jr. looks better and better every day of training camp. Who may or may not retire after the year is one rumor I heard. But for right now, he is there. So the last time he had any three wide receivers that were healthy and this talented it was probably a few years ago it definitely wasn't last year it may not have even been the year before so this is the best receiving group he's had in addition to mark andrews in addition to jk dobbins coming back in addition to gus edwards he has two running backs he's got tight ends isaiah likely also showing much improvement over last year at least three really good rod receivers he did not have last year Lamar Jackson probably has more weapons this year than any other quarterback than last year. And moving forward, a lot of these guys are also young, so they're going to stay with him, Odell being the one exception. Lamar could easily take this into another stratosphere. The thing, in my opinion, that's going for Lamar more than anything is the new change in offensive scheme. The first time in his career, Greg Roman is not his offensive coordinator, and he has Munkin with him now, correct? I think I cut you off when you said that, but I, yeah, I, no, I, I said my heels correct. Yes. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I hope no, you. no, you're fine. And everything that's been coming out of camp and we've been saying it for the past month, it, it can speak and coach speak are very real. We don't know what's real and what's not. This could potentially unlock the Ravens offense in a way that I don't think anybody has seen kind of ever, even when Joe Flacco was their guy. They were still running the ball very efficiently. Right now, J.K. Dobbins is hurt and holding out. It's a very awkward situation with him. Gus Edwards is there. They signed Will's boy and Melvin Gordon to a one-year, $3 million deal. So the running game in Baltimore is up in the air right now outside of, outside of, of course, Lamar Jackson. And he could very well, once again, be the team's running back one. 
while also, like Will said, have a complement, a plethora of wide receivers around him. Zay Flowers has supposedly stolen the show at camp this year. Hopefully, Mark Andrews can come back to form. We talked about that a little bit last week, and you can find that episode where you find us essentially everywhere. I just don't trust Lamar's knees and legs as much as I would like to to put him above Justin Fields. His health is a huge concern for me. He hasn't been healthy the last couple of years, hasn't played more than 12 games in a season since 2021. And I 2020, I should say, 2021 and 2022, he missed a couple of years, a couple of games. I don't know if I can, in good faith, suggest drafting him over guys like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert. No, nope. all fair assessments, and that's the risk with uh, predominantly running quarterbacks. You hope their arms are able to pick up the slack. Otherwise, you know, it, it does become a problem. Some are successful, some are not. Uh, and then we get to, you know, Dak is an enigma. He's always good enough, not great. And now we have to discuss probably one of the most interesting guys that we'll get to in just a minute. It's Mr. Tua Tungavailoa. Hold on a second. We'll talk about Tua in a minute. We'll talk about all the other quarterbacks in a minute. But you can have access to all of this quarterback debate, all of these rankings, all of the other rankings that we've spoken about, and other football affiliated with Sports Ethos. All of our rankings on the draft guide over on SportsEthos.com. Already over 60 pieces of content for you to get you ready for your upcoming drafts. And they're only a couple of months away unless you're in Dynasty and you know you're drafting as we speak, because I know I'm drafting literally right now. By the time that uh, redraft leagues come around, over 200 pieces of content will be available to you for the low price of only $4 a month. $4 a month, 200 pieces of fantasy football-related content. Crazy. And if you want to upgrade, you want to do some baseball, some basketball, like I said, I'm partial to the basketball stuff because admittedly, I know a lot less than I'd like to when it comes to fantasy basketball. This will help me, and I know it'll help you, and that's only $7 a month. $7 a month for football, baseball, and basketball. But by the time basketball drafts start, it bumps up to $10 a month. So it's even... Not that bad at 10 bucks, but if you can get it for seven, you might as well get it for seven. Save yourself $3 a month. You want to lock that in for the remainder of, you know, your fantasy sports playing days, which is probably going to be for the rest of your life. I know it's going to be for the rest of mine. Go to sportsethos.com. Check it out. Follow on Twitter at ethosfantasyfb. You can follow us at FDD underscore ethos and at BNK radio. And Will. You'll notice that I didn't mention Dak Prescott because I have Tua Tungavailoa uh, ranked above him this year. Interesting. And I say that with a huge caveat, and it's everybody's caveat when it comes to Tua Tungavailoa, because when he was healthy, he had the highest completion percentage. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, fewest amount of interceptions. Like He was that guy. For a very long time when he was healthy, of course, he got hit, got the concussion, and things just were not the same. He's surrounded by the second best wide receiver duo in the NFL in Tyreek Hill and in Jalen Waddle. That's right. I said it. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, you are comfortably number three in my book. Comfortably number three. Tua can be a league winner if he stays healthy. I believe in Tua Tungabailoa that much. For me... I've never been a Tua guy. 
I understand why people like certain traits about him. And obviously you can see some of that, but unfortunately I didn't always love him as a prospect coming out of Alabama and the same issues that he had in Alabama. You still see in the NFL. And most importantly, he is one hit away from his career being over. So I put him up here out of respect for the talent we do see, but it's hard to trust the guy, especially if this is your QB one. I have a hard time trusting him. Like if you draft Tua, you better make sure you have three or four quarterbacks on your roster to kind of compensate in case something goes wrong. Because unfortunately, evidence has told us that it will, unfortunately, and any moment could be his last in the NFL. He's one concussion away. I mean, realistically, anybody in the NFL is one hit away from no longer playing in the NFL. Yes, but his likelihood is higher than pretty much every other player. Okay, that's fair. I can pretend to respect that. I still like Tua Tungvaluwa more than I like Dak, more than I like Anthony Richardson. I do like Deshaun Watson more than I like Tua, though. And there are a couple of guys that aren't getting as much respect as I think they deserve. Those guys are Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, and Daniel Jones. A lot of NFC quarterbacks, all NFC quarterbacks, just because there aren't any, like, we, we, we had spoken about this previously. NFC quarterbacks are light years behind. One might even say streets behind AFC quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, and I'll throw Jared Goff in there for shits and giggles. All four of those guys, I feel like, are criminally underrated in fantasy football. They they all lead pretty competent offense. If Daniel Jones obviously uses his legs more than the other three, but Kirk is throwing to Justin Jefferson. Geno has Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and um, uh, DK Metcalf. Jared Goff has Jamison Williams. I'm on Ross St. Brown. They drafted Sam Laporte. He's has Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield. There's a lot going on for all four of these guys. And they seem to be constantly disrespected, ranked under guys like Bryce Young, ranked under guys like CJ Stroud, ranked around the same place. Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, and Russell Wilson are ranked. And I think that's disrespectful. Nope, not disrespectful at all. They're just old. What do you mean they're old? Jared Goff is 28. Daniel Jones is 26. Kirk and Gino are 34 and 32. But 28 and 26 are not old for quarterbacks. Daniel Jones I wasn't including in that list. But the others are old. For quarterbacks, 28 is not old. Feels old. But anyway, I was not including Daniel Jones in that list. That's five years younger than we are, Will. What does that make us? Six. Six no. years, yeah. <laughs> well, five years younger than me. Speak for yourself. Right? That's fine. But the fact that they're older, this is, you know, for dynasty startups and, you know, kind of where you're Yeah, but as a quarterback, and... I'm not saying make any of these guys these quarterback one, but for your quarterback two, like I would put Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins over a few of these guys. I think nope. their floors are much higher. I mean, they're better, more established, but if you're drafting a dynasty team, I'm still putting Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and Brock Purdy ahead of pretty much everyone you named except for Daniel Joe. Can you repeat that last name that you uh, had said that you would draft over Geno Smith and Brock Jared Purdy. Goff? Yeah. If you would be so kind. Yes. Can you please elaborate? Because I'm having a difficult time wrapping my head around that one. Well, let's see. He was Mr. Irrelevant, basically. And 
then got called upon by the 49ers because Trey Lance is a bust. And when he played, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's healthy after surgery in the offseason. And he looks good again. By the way, his, he's Kyle Shanahan's quarterback. So I would take Brock Purdy over Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith uh, in a uh, dynasty startup. All right. Hold, hold on a second. He's, he, he's Shanahan's quarterback, you said, right? Yes. So if Jimmy Garoppolo was in that system, would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over any of those guys? No, Jimmy Garoppolo is an older, not as good quarterback. He's only 31. Jimmy older. Garoppolo. Is 31 older than Brock Purdy? Yes, it is. Good. That's why I take Brock Purdy over. I don't think Brock Purdy has proven enough that he can be trusted to be drafted over guys like that to be started. It doesn't have to be proven that he's better. You're talking about dynasty, not redraft. No, I'm talking I, I, about I 10 that. years versus three or four. Yeah, but if you still have the opportunity... Like, Hold on. I have to sit up. I've been leaning back this entire time. It's been very relaxing, but now I'm a little bit heated. I'm a little bit riled up. So I got to sit up straight in my uh, very comfortable chair that I've got here. Brock Purdy played very, very adequately last year in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo with the surrounding cast that he had around him. And partially, not entirely, but partially because, at least in my opinion, the offense was simplified enough to a point that the last pick in the NFL draft could run that offense. You could probably run that offense very efficiently. If you were back there, I That's could probably run that offense very efficiently. If I were back there, he had the full playbook at his disposable, according to the coaching staff. He knew everything. Listen, co- coaches are going to lie all the time. Don't you dare tell me that you don't think that they we're like, oh, yeah, we gave him the entire play. I mean, I mean unless you know otherwise, prove I mean, to me he, that he's lying. In nine games, he had a 67% um, uh, completion rating, which was okay. Not not the best, not the worst. Are you kidding me? 67%. We have VC people hitting 70% all the time. Rarely. That was Drew Brees and like Br- Tom Brady. That's then it. Maybe I'm nobody spoiled. hits 70%. I Tua was hitting 70 when he was when he was unconcussed. Oh, good. A whole three games. <laughs> Fantastic. Moving hey, on. 13 touchdowns in those nine games, only four interceptions, and he had a quarterback rating of 107. Was sacked 11 times. Look, Brock Purdy has potential to be, I think, just as good as the guys that I mentioned. I don't think his ceiling is that much higher than theirs is. But his floor is so much lower and his leash is so much shorter. I do agree with you that Trey Lance is a bust, and a lot of people have him ranked above Brock Purdy, and I don't understand that for a second. They did bring in Sam Darnold, who was supposedly playing out of his mind right now. The second something wrong happens with Brock Purdy because he is Mr. Irrelevant, because they have literally nothing tied up in him, it's insanely easy for the 49ers to say, you know what? We have two other guys who are just as serviceable, and this offense is pretty much autopilot. You snap the ball, and the rest takes care of itself when you guys when you have guys like Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, CMC, and that offensive line. I mean, here's the problem. Trey Lance is never going to get on the field at this rate based on what he looks like in practice. I, I, didn't, Sam, mm. I know, and Sam Darnold 
has never looked as good as Brock Purdy did as a rookie. So even if he struggles, there is no reason to think that Sam Darnold would do any better in but an actual is, NFL is, game. This, this is going to be the best team that Sam Darnold has had, the best offensive line he's ever played behind, the best skill players that he's ever had in a okay. completely different system. Remember, five weeks into the season last year, Sam Darnold was looking like that dude in Carolina. Maybe. He looked amazing. And then guys got hurt. The offensive line crumbled. Christian McCaffrey w- w- moved on. And then that was the Sam Darnold that we all know and hate. But we have seen what Sam Darnold can do in a pseudo-decent offense. And you put him behind the offensive line in San Francisco? Trey Lance, I agree with you, should not. Keyword, should not see the field for the 49ers. But they invested way too high of a draft pick, traded away way too much not to give him every shot that they can possibly find an excuse to give him. So I think if, again, if, and the likelihood is high just because of the draft capital for Brock Purdy. If anything wrong were to happen, if he has two bad games in a row, three bad games in a row, which can happen for a 23-year-old quarterback who is the last pick in the NFL draft, people are going to be clamoring, clamoring to see Sam Darnold back there, clamoring to even see Trey Lance back there. And I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. That's why I don't think you could put Brock Purdy above any of those guys. Oh, I absolutely think you can because you've seen a little bit. There's no reason to think he's going to regress after playing so well. And the thing is, as Jet fans, I've seen Sam Darnold, what he can do. We screwed him up. So I'm perfectly aware that no one is going to be clamoring for Sam Darnold. The 49ers fan base is already to kill the team over the Trey Lance fiasco. You traded extra first-round picks. You set your franchise back. And the fact that they have this good of a team in spite of that is commendable to have absolutely extraordinary for what they've done but it's not like you have a high draft pick waiting that's actually capable the high draft pick stinks sam darnold is now a journeyman backup quarterback you don't have the high-end quarterback waiting behind this kid can nothing can we, waiting say, behind this kid. can we say that trey lance stinks yes he was doing drills and overthrowing guys with nobody around him so he can't throw the ball down listen so was aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers was overthrowing guys in camp this camp not with nobody around him. I, it, plus, that's I, Aaron Rodgers. You're really having this discussion. I would love nothing more than to see Brock Purdy emerge and be a top quarterback in football. I think it would be one of the, the all-time great quarterback stories right behind the story of Tom Brady. I truly think it would. Mr. Irrelevant becoming a viable quarterback leading his team to championship games, leading his team to Super Bowls. They write scripts that don't compare to that in Hollywood, except they're not writing any scripts right now because they're all on strike. A lot has to go right to get there. And right now at this stage in the career on August 1st in the year 2023, I would rather go with a proven commodity like a Jared Goff, like a Kirk Cousins, like a Geno Smith over Brock Purdy. Just for now. If I'm starting, if I'm drafting a startup team and I want to win, I'm drafting one of those four guys. If I'm drafting a startup team and I'm thinking super future, trying to accumulate further draft picks to help my team and not be competitive in the first few years of the league, then I would consider Brock Purdy. But right now, just in a vacuum, I I don't, I, I can't take Purdy over any four of those guys. I would take Brock Purdy over Derek Carr. 
I would take Brock Purdy over Mac Jones. I would take him over Sam Howell. I would take him over Ryan Tannehill. I would take him over Garoppolo. I would take him over a fair amount of starting quarterbacks in the league, but I wouldn't take him over those guys. That's perfectly fine. I also have um, Kenny Pickett right around this area. Cousins, like him, hate him. He's always kind of right there as far as his year-in, year-out numbers. And then I have... At number 19, I have Aaron Rodgers just because he's still around. If he plays a few more seasons, great. That's kind of like, you know, Tom Brady every year at this point. Is it his last year? I don't know. Is he still going to play well? I think he will. And then I have Jared Goff and Geno Smith right after him. You know, they put up great numbers last year. Russell Wilson, I have him right around here too. Oh, this cut, this like tier four section, will he be better? Well, there's no way he could be worse, right? So I the mean, the only way he could be worse is if somehow both of his legs were amputated. Interesting. Am I, I don't wrong? Think that, I don't think that would go well for him. Uh, and I hope that doesn't happen. Then I have Jordan Love right after him, Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter. Uh, and you'll enjoy this. I think this is quarterback number 26 or 27. I have Kyler Murray all the way down here. I know he's going to be back at some point this year, but I'm <laughs> I'm done on the Kyler Murray uh, train. I don't know if he's ever going to be the same after this ACL tear as far as his running and his passing was never up to par. And if that team looks to be as bad as we expect them to be, then I don't know how they're going to work it with the contract that they just gave him, but they're going to be in Caleb Williams territory. So I do not know how that's going to work, but it's not going to be pretty. It won't be, but you're going to have some team, former number one overall pick. It's not like he was like Ryan Leaf bad. He's not Jamarcus Russell bad. He's been serviceable. He's an exciting player. He can throw the ball, not insanely well, but he, he does have the ability to do so, but you touched on it. Kyler Murray is a run quarterback first, and coming back from an ACL tear, it's going to take some time for the ability to run as well as he did to come back, if it ever comes back. So having having Kyler Murray ranked low, I in my opinion, is very justified. He's also somebody who can be a steal that low if you know he's a monster and defies the laws of nature has like an Adrian Peterson-esque comeback from, you know, a bad tear and he's Kyler Murray of old, then wherever you draft him, if it's after a top five quarterback, is an, after, is an absolute steal. But the odds don't dictate that he's going to be that guy. They had Fair to put enough. a clause in his contract that he had to do homework. I don't, I, 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 I'm not talking shit about Kyler Murray, but logic and common sense would dictate if they needed to put in a homework clause in his contract, he might not put, be putting in as much work as he should be in rehab to come back as healthy as he should be. Just my two cents on yep. Kyler Murray. The last tier of quarterbacks is kind of unknowns, guys that you know are going to be starting, kind of like your last ditch efforts, top backups, etc. I have tier five. I have starting with Mac Jones, Matthew Stafford, just because of his injury history is down here. You don't know how much longer he's got left. Sam Howell, unproven, Baker Mayfield. We know what he is, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, and that group. And then we get into, you know, Will Levis, Trey Lance, Herndon Hooker, Jacoby Brissett, Zach Wilson, this kind of territory. Of all um, the guys that you just mentioned in your tier five, yes, who is the one that you would feel most comfortable going into the season as your second quarterback on your roster? Probably, actually, it's either going to be Jimmy or Matthew Stafford at this point. Is Matt going to make it through the year? I don't know. He could either be great or he can regress and lose his job to Bailey Zappi. I have no idea. Sam Howell is a wild card, but I would not feel comfortable with that. Baker Mayfield the same way. Tannehill the same way. Because Tannehill has both Willis and Levis 
fighting at his heels. So Stafford, it's all about the health. If he's got anything left in the arm, I would take Stafford. Otherwise, unfortunately, the best would be Jimmy Garoppolo, which I know absolutely probably blows your mind and makes you sick. Yes, it does. Um, but is I it would, wrong based on my assessment? I would kind of go Ryan Tannehill here. Interesting. The Titans did sign DeAndre Hopkins, so another huge weapon, one of the best receivers Tannehill has played with in quite some time. I'd probably say he's the second best right behind A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks is supposedly making a huge step into his sophomore year. He just needs to stay healthy. He missed a few games last year. The running game, obviously, is Derrick Henry, who sometimes can get caught from behind. Is that what we're going with now? Yeah, sometimes. Well, at least once. Okay, once in a while, he can get caught from behind. And the offensive line in Tennessee has always been one of their strengths. We're going to talk about that a little bit in depth in a couple of weeks. We're going to have somebody from uh, like a like a beat writer-esque type guy for the Tennessee Titans join us on this glorious program. And we'll talk about how wrong we are about Ryan Tannehill. But until then, I do think Ryan Tannehill has the best chance of being a weekly starter in a super flex league. I mean, all he has to be is a top 24 quarterback to qualify for that threshold. So it's not a very high bar, but out of all those guys, I think he has the easiest path to get there. And I, I'll say Jimmy Garoppolo is a second, just because he has so much talent around him, especially if, and when Josh Jacobs comes back. Well, reportedly they're trying to get him back into camp and try to reopen negotiations maybe do something like they did with Saquon uh, as far as like a one-year deal is concerned but I don't know it seems like Josh Jacobs you haven't heard from him kind of makes me feel like he took this a little bit harder than Saquon did even and feels so disrespected so we'll see and obviously Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade been made available teams are interested ursay has gone a little nuts says he's not going to trade him so i don't even know what's going on over there anymore the running back drama continues and i do not see it stopping anytime soon remember which... when wide receivers was the diva position and running backs just kept their mouth shut i know right what happened the I, world I mean, just flipped right upside down and back then running backs were the premier fantasy option and wide receivers were a dime a dozen Mm-hmm. Now we're the other way around completely. Running back is the diva position, and wide receivers are the most coveted fantasy asset. There's still a dime my, a dozen. My yeah, but w- I would rather have the best wide receiver than have the best running back. I think. Well, obviously, especially in the way the game is played now. There you go. Which we you know we'll talk you know in a little bit about different strategies. You know, running backs like Kravitz said taking a hit overall. Wide receivers on the up. Tight end premium. You know, kind of try to even things out a little bit. Stuff we'll all we'll discuss in the next a few weeks leading up to the season as we get training camp, you know, fully underway as we get the preseason games going for us. The Jets play in two days time on Thursday in the Hall of Fame game against the Cleveland Browns. So we will have football this upcoming Thursday, which is exciting in its own right. And, you know, we'll get into kind of deeper discussions about you know, what guys we want to start, what guys, you know, we're kind of targeting sleepers for the year during camp, anyone that you might try to trade for, stuff like that. Well, as you know, we kind of start really taking in all the various reports of who's having good camps, who's not, what any of this means, guys that, you know, we could potentially see and get traded. So maybe you try to trade for them now before that happens and the cost may go up, etc. Lots of things happening in the coming weeks for us. 
So we will see you next week on First Down Dynasty. As always, once again, I am Bill Nye, the Dynasty Guy. He is Eric Kravit. Have a good night, everybody. Peace.